nigga piece of America back. It's called trove. It's called it's called trove. Trove. We the last of the ventures, slow as we carry it on our shoulders. I keep my friends close and the devils a lie closer. When the freedom riders approach them, they appetizers for vultures. Soldiers of fortune and never no match for soldiers of culture. My flow is so fucking honest. You said you wanted to hear it, you lied. Cause all you wanted was for me to lift up the spirits. The truth is too fucking ugly and trust me, the shit got layers. You touch me, you think you're tough, leave it toothless. It's rugged players. It's too fit, too say it's disgusting. The true saviors remove with the gang. You niggas sweeter than fruit flavors. The Bruce Slayer, proving it's true to the hide from. You misguided as missiles or a suicide bomber Taking orders from the mullah Waiting for karma to pull up They don't just no match for bullets It's rarely ratchets and fuller Got a race in the mean a lie Like the chase in the wood A cop car like it's honor And being a martyr And a terrorist It's a rock star Dodging the Abu Dhabi Or dodging the paparazzi Still probably as popular As swastikas for Nazis The cops protect the property properly When they crack a head Murderers get as cocky as Perseus When they crack a death I wonder what be running Through these crackers heads And why niggas are spilling with blood In Cincinnati castle black I take an act of that, go back to bed Allergic to the fumes, having a funeral for the news Cause the fact is dead the Trust is gone from the neocons to Barack Obama America eats young from Casey Anthony to Octomom wow. Fixing and mix it up like martial arts in the Octagon I the fire till we burn down Babylon Take a piece of America Death by suicide bomb, Protestants, Bibles, or Quran or Islam From Genghis Khan to Vietnam, I can smell the napalm Rape victims, rip stockings, redneck clan members Doing church bombings, innocent fetuses being aborted with no options Humans, government, ruin them, worrying what weapons could be used to be nuking them Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem Slaves treated like property, the Pearl Harbor, the Hiroshima, the Nagasaki Adolf Hitler, to every murderous Nazi, to the Gambinos, to the Gaudis To every mafia atrocity, child pornography, babies starving to die in the poverty Serbians fighting Croatians in Yugoslavia, Muslim women being Raped up to 40,000 in the war Bosnia The 50 million killed in the second world war The government poisoning the minds and the bodies of the babies That are born poor Airplanes blown up by Islamic extremists and religion There's always drama Whether worshiping the prophet of Muhammad or Jesus More pox and Napoleon Troops dying from typhus From the Spanish flu to the Black Plague Today it's the AIDS virus Bodies in coffins Political extortions Racist mobs murdering Willie Turks Michael Griffith and Yusuf Hawkins Check the murder rate It's human nature The murder and hate The Catholic Church claim women were witches And burn them at the stake Pedophiles Predators attacking 38 Beretta used by Gandhi's assassin 16 bullets in Malcolm It happened of town Manhattan A homicide Reagan 80s epidemic A cracking soldiers in action Dying in Iraq And never coming back And now let's, let's Take a piece of America Back You will only learn It's called trove It's called It's called It's called It's called It's called It's called You will only learn It's called trove It's called all right, good evening and welcome to Third Rail Radio. Um, impromptu uh, session, let me make sure the audio is okay. Uh, everybody, can everybody hear me all right? out there in uh, Radio Land Glen. Cool. Um, really psyched to throw on a little impromptu show this evening. Um, I've been bugging uh, Flint about uh, coming on one of the uh, Revolution Radio outlet outlets, uh, you know, since uh, for a little while now. Um, and uh, it is my privilege uh, 
to welcome him to Third Rail Radio and um, uh, allow him to tell us what the fuck is going on in Flint, Michigan with the water. Um, cool. Yeah, if you're up, just... Uh, okay, so 810, you are live, and Glenn, you are live. Welcome to Third Rail Radio covering Op Flint. And when in Flint, um, he should uh, hopefully be calling in soon. He's probably getting his mind right. But, uh, um, oh, okay, cool. Hey, man, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great. Um, I'm psyched we're getting to do this, and uh, I, I love doing things uh, on the fly and, and that uh, Scanning your in-house conversation that, that seems to uh, fit your schedule. So uh, glad you have the night off, and thanks for joining us. Um, oh, yeah, I I appreciate you uh, throwing it together. I you know I didn't uh, like you said I didn't have anything planned, but um, yeah, it's definitely all over the news, I guess. Finally, yeah, well, finally, um, and Flint uh, Canadian Glenn is on. Oh, hey, and, uh, hey man. And I'm not sure if uh, Coach is on or not, but, uh, you know, I'm going to – the floor is yours. Um, I mean, I've seen you covering uh, this specific issue onwards of, of – I mean, issues in Flint, you know, five-plus years, but the water issue at least two years, um, like even before the switch um, from uh, the Flint water supply to the uh, – or from the Detroit water supply to the – to the Flint uh, water supply. And I, I, I do guess a lot of this stuff is infrastructure-based, um, but you certainly uh, had some insight that there was going to be some big problems with this switchover. Well, so what happened? Well, you know, I, I don't know if, if um, I want to tell my story or, or make it about me, which actually I don't want to, but um, I don't know if I want to talk about how – you know, how we got to where we are now or how it happened, the genesis of it. But I guess I'll just start by saying that um, I've lived here in Flint all my life, and I used to work downtown Flint, uh, and the company that I worked for was right on the Flint River. Um, actually, worked for two companies right there. Uh, that was right out of high school. So I took my lunch breaks at these little parks, um, little roadside park things right by the river. So I'm super familiar with the Flint River. Um, it's um, and when I when I found out that they were going to use that as our drinking water supply, you know, it just that was just pure insanity. I mean, you you wouldn't drink from. I've never been in New York, but I'm sure that people wouldn't want to drink from the Hudson River. Or hell, maybe they do. I don't know. But um, anyway, the drinking from the Flint River was a bad idea. Um, right. Everybody. No matter. How, yeah. Yeah, everybody around here knows that you don't put anything in your mouth that comes out of that river. You can't eat fish out of it. I mean, that should tell you something. Um, yes, that's well exactly. Known. So basically, um, when I heard that was going to happen, um, I noticed there was a, a, a group of, of people um, that were like, for lack of a better term, they were like uh, Facebook anonymous here locally. And... Uh, but whatever they, you know, they meant well. And one of the guys said that this is prior to the switch. He he had mentioned um, that he wanted to to have a protest 
and that he was going to lead it. And we talked like maybe on a Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. And I said, well, okay, I have a few followers online and I've been paying attention to this Occupy Wall Street stuff for a while. And I was like, yeah, man, if you want to do it, maybe I'll ask them if they could promote it. And that happened. So we had it all set to go for the following Monday. And I've never met this guy. And, um, but he was all ready to go for the following Monday. And they came Friday um, and arrested him for filming the police. And they took his camera and busted it and took him downtown, no charges, held him for three days. And basically, um, he wasn't able to have the protest. But because he went through all that trouble, I was like, look, dude, I'll support you, man. That's bullshit that they came and did that. And he said, well, I have the video of it. So I posted it on LiveLeak, and it got like 60,000 views. And before you know it, yeah, it wound up, this is kind of the short version of it. It wound up in the paper and then um, the local newspaper and then the ACLU um, I think somebody from the local paper got a hold of the Michigan ACLU and basically asked them, um, you know, is this legal to, to arrest someone like this? And they said, well, no, it's definitely not. So they, I don't know if they formally helped the guy, the ACLU or not, but that was the first, um, that was all about the water. That was all about switching to the drinking of Florida River and trying to stop it because it just didn't, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's just not something you want to do. So yeah, anyway, I, right. I, I supported the guy, and he made the newspaper, and every once in a while I'll retweet that because, for me, that's kind of like where I got involved as a quote-unquote activist, which I don't consider myself. But um, So anyway, he got arrested, he got out, um, the ACLU stepped up for him, and then there were headlines about him suing for $5 million, and I've talked to him a couple times on Facebook, and he's offered me money and this and that. And I'm like, look, dude, I didn't go through that. That's, you know, that's all on you. I don't want to meet you. I don't know you. Um, good luck. And then everything else that's transpired since then, I've been paying attention and talking about pretty much every day. So Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, in a broader sense, um, you know, and I think that it is, it is important to keep the focus on, on Flint and, and maybe to a, a – lesser extent Detroit um, and the whole Rust Belt, but, um, you know, you certainly have a lot of love for, for your city, um, uh, a city where I think what if almost three quarters or, or maybe a little bit less of the population is uh, kind of vacated. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you're, the, you're there, you, you plug along, you brought a lot of attention to, to Flint, Michigan, and then and, uh, the plight that it is going through um, and that so many other uh, mid-sized cities in the Midwest and, and uh, are going through. Um, is it, is it, um, is it love for Flint or, um, I mean, what, what drives you to, to uh, you know, you get to the bottom of a lot of these issues that over the years you've raised? Um, I'm, I'm 39 years old. Um, probably when I was in my 20s, um, I got a driving job, and um, I didn't have any interest in politics uh, for the most part up until then. And um, actually, was because I was forced. Hold on, just one second here. I'm putting my dog out, so if he yeah, no worries. <laughs> 
But anyway, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I was letting him out. Where was I at? Um, just you were just talking about sort of your your impetus, uh, the time you devote when and uh, you stick it out, and you were saying you're nine years old, and then I'm having a little bit of interference, but I, I remember now. I uh, I have lived here for a long time. Um, I actually live in the city. I bought my first home here uh, inside the city um, eight years ago, and I was here for about six months. Uh, I was robbed at gunpoint in the driveway and held hostage and uh, had everything I, of value that I owned uh, taken from me, and... I had to file bankruptcy, and I could have left the city. I could have wrote my house off. But I just uh, decided to stay and fight. So, um, But anyway, getting back to earlier, when I, I had a driving job, and I stopped listening to sports talk radio and started listening to local radio. So that's where my um, involvement with local politics started. Yeah, AM radio, that's the source that a lot of people start to hear what's going on at City Hall. Yeah, and there was some, there was a really, oh my God, there was great guys here locally. Um, a guy named Dave Barber and um, a lot of guys that would stir shit up. But um, that's really how I started um, hearing about local issues, like you're mentioning. Now, I mean, I mean not just this anonymous fellow, but I mean, like, clearly the writing was on the wall. I mean, the the, um, the motivation uh, for, for Flint to change from Detroit to uh, the Flint River um, was to save money. Um, and I, I imagine that, you know, the infrastructure, the, the, the piping infrastructure in, in Flint isn't in good shape. Um, how do you get to a municipal a level of municipal government where something that seemingly on a common sense level um, doesn't make any sense and yet yet it goes through? Um, well, as far as the, the infrastructure goes, I think your original point, you were talking about older cities, especially in the Rust Belt, um, with aging infrastructure, but in Flint specifically, I know that there are uh, certain water pipes in the uh, underground that were put there in the 1920s and 30s. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about extremely old infrastructure. Um, as far as the re- the switch, um, you know, there's a lot of finger pointing going on, but it was more about timing, I think, than anything. Um, there had always been this plan for the county. Uh, Genesee County, which Flint is in, to have their own water source, and uh, so that 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 plan had always been there. Um, what had happened was the, the city of Flint was taken over in 2011 by the state, and at that point, the state was in control of all local government. Um, effort, the city council was completely nulled. The, we have what's called a strong mayor format in Flint. Um, the, the mayor was stripped of all of his powers. So essentially what we had were just ceremonial people um, in positions of local government. They all answered to the governor. 
and the governor has a fund, uh, a guy named Richard Baird, who ultimately runs the day-to-day operations. Um, you know, he's the guy that takes care of shit. If there's a problem in Flint, I'm sure that's they call him and he takes care of it. But anyway. Um, wow, so, so essentially the state came and, 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 you know, like sometimes they have to do with police, with police forces, they came and, and uh, oversaw all the operations of, of Flint, the city. Yeah, the, what led what led to that? Um, there had already there had already, but the real problem is is that the population is getting older, and there's a lot of people drawing um, pensions and retirement, and the age of the population, uh, along with the you know everybody that left the city and the tax base being gone, um, all that pressure, um, the city can't afford its its uh, legacy costs and its debt obligations, so. Um, when the city can't make its bills, we had an emergency manager prior to Rick Snyder being in office. Um, when Rick Snyder was elected, um, I think that was in 2010. But in 2011, it was put to the voters, do we want to repeal this emergency manager law? The voters said yes. The law was repealed, and then it was uh, by executive order um, written by, like, the State Policy Network, the Mackinac Foundation, you know, uh, legislative, bot, you know, private legislative bodies. Um, they stuck a new law in. And I don't remember exactly how he implemented it, but it was done by executive order or by majority uh, Republican rule. So, so how much of Sorry, new go law, ahead. Let me finish. This new law, basically the way it looks on the books, is um, this new emergency manager law cannot be repealed by the voters. And that's that's probably the worst part of the whole deal and something that people aren't talking about, that in order to take away the power from the state and from this emergency manager, this, this person, the, the fixer that comes to town to fix everything, um, you can't, basically the way it's written now is he can't be repealed. So... Um, Anyway, that emergency manager came to town. He was um, has been in control since 2011. They have the final say on everything. So that makes the state responsible for the damage they've done, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And that, and that was my question. And, and it, it really is mostly the who is footing most of the blame for this debacle. And I imagine that... They've spent more money on PR managing um, this fucking catastrophe uh, than they would have on just doing the water system correctly. Um, at this point, well, I don't know exactly. I mean, yeah. You know, what basically had happened was they were just, there's the problem that I have, and the reason why I wanted you to fire up the show is because I see this. I mean, this whole issue, I mean, I could go over every little twist and turn, and but it's, it's just so complicated in a lot, you know, in a lot of ways, but it's very simple in others. Mm-hmm. There's, there's two solutions. Um, you know, we can talk and point fingers about who's to blame and what's the genesis, but the, to solve the problem, they've got to get the pipes out of the ground, and that's going to cost a shitload of money. Yep. And 
whoever ends up paying for it, um, I think that's what they're trying to figure out. But in the meantime, they're going to end up having presidential debates in the city, I'm, it looks like anyway. And um, it's just a shame because the Democrats here in town um, are just as dirty, and they're the ones that proposed that pipeline to begin with. So yep. going back and to kind of – I know that's a lot of information, but essentially the city – and the state collectively um, caused the damage, and it, it's got to be fixed, you know, plain and simple. But yeah. the the Democrats, this guy named Jeff Wright, who's the drain commissioner, that's the guy. He's also the CEO of the new water pipeline authority. So the Democrats have a – they've done some things here that, um, you know, they've kind of created the perfect storm. And they have some blame, and I just um, don't want to see Hillary Clinton come to town and pose as a savior. I guess oh, God. that's what. That's yeah, what uh, Go ahead. You're, you're assuming that uh, Hillary will win the nomination, which is by no means clear. But you know, Flint, I just wanted to say to you that you know you said when you were born, and this might have been. You may not even been born yet, but I remember watching Phil Donahue do a live show from some theater right downtown in Flint. The Whiting Auditorium, yeah. Yeah, in the late 70s, because it had already started. GM was pulling out. They weren't cleaning up any of their mess. They were abandoning people. They were already talking about not honoring the benefits in the UAW contracts. People already could see the writing on the wall. And that's that's forty almost forty years ago now. So I mean right. it, it definitely, and that was definitely part of part of like what what led to kind of the exodus. Um obviously the the automotive industry moving to Japan mostly and in Mexico Mexico, wherever it's
and uh, the population is under 100,000. I, I, I would say the population is probably closer to 70,000. Um, wow. Just I mean, that completely, is crazy. Completely decimated, and I watched it all happen. I used to deliver to those factories, um, all the Buick City factories, Plant 36, Chevy in the Hole, uh, AC Delco. I mean, I used to go to all – I watched them close one by one. Yep. And – and. Uh, you know, I've really watched the decline. I thought it hit the bottom in in about 2007 or 2008, but with this land bank, which is a whole other story, um, acquiring all of this property, um, it drives the the land value down. So yeah. the, it's it's just you know it's a lot of negativity. I think the positive thing going forward though is that. The, eventually the pipes are going to get fixed. The water is going to get fixed here in the city. That was my goal. And if I can help change that emergency manager law, that's cool too. And then, But the biggest thing for me is that, I, you know, I didn't start this. I'm, I mean, I'm not the – I don't have some grandiose thought about who I am and what I've done, but I've been consistent. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, dude, you are – you you I mean, true to Flint and its nature, like – totally persistent, consistent, um, and not just the water issue. Um, and I mean, you know, everything's scale. And I think that, right. that Detroit, uh, Flint, uh, Cleveland, um, you know, Rochester, that's where we're headed. Yeah, if I got the ball rolling in other cities and other people, like, you know, now that I've a few different cities have, have sprung up with water problems, Philadelphia, some Ohio towns. Yeah. Um, you know, if it helps, man, cool. But I just don't want a bunch of politicians coming into the city. I mean, I don't have control of it, but I, I'm afraid what's going to happen is they're going to come into the city, they're going to talk all this fucking talk, and nothing's going to happen. So when uh, really- elucidate on this a little bit. Now the Democratic the nominate nominees are are talking about going and having like a town meeting or a debate in Flint. No, they they're gonna. I I don't pay real close attention to it, but I just noticed that Hillary Clinton's um was the first one to pop off, and then they're angling to put to have three more um, at least on the Democratic side three more debates, and they want to have one of them here in Flint. It's nothing's in stone yet, but you can see the wheels turning. Yeah. Now I also I you know I also have um, definitely taken note that that you also um, engage engage in some labor issues uh, or not engage but you you, you oh, let us know what's going yeah like you let us know what's going on with with kind of uh, unions and and uh, yeah right. My my grand well it's actually my great grandfather on my mom's side he I didn't know him he was like I was two or three years old when he passed but he was one of the original um, sit down strikers here in Flint and that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, you know at least you got some. That's the only claim to fame I have in my family. But um, <laughs> my dad my dad retired from Buick City. My brother works for GM. Um, I was the last. Gen X generation that didn't get an opportunity to have a job there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of the, I'm a part of the lost generation uh, here in the city, at least the first one. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's, 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 it, as far as the labor issues go, I'm not a fan of the union um, or what, what it is today. 
because they already sold everybody out. Um, yep. I watched the, the fucking Teamsters. I worked on the river, and there was this moving company. Um, I think it was Allen Storage and Moving. They're a nationwide company. And um, I watched those people go on strike, and they sat out there for two years through the winter around a burning barrel every day. They never gave up and until the, they shut the place down on them. So, I mean, I've I've seen labor guys struggle. I've seen, I grew up with pickets and, and watching guys fight, and I remember all that shit. And, but, uh, and it's always the union bosses who are always getting paid, and then the, the, the union members who are always around those barrels. Yeah, yeah well, well, it, it I think, corrupts. It corrupts. I, think there's, I think there's something you got to remember here, though, too. Back in the day, like... In the Eisenhower era, when unions were expanding and the middle class was expanding, there were two parties at the table all the time. And once the 80s came along, the employers just said, fuck you, we're not going to bargain anymore. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it takes two it, to tango. The end of the Industrial Revolution, I mean, timing plays the, the big part in terms of the decline here. Um but we don't make anything in this country anymore. It's not just Flint. That's true. That's true. And the best the best quote I ever saw from Arianna Huffington, who is not someone I generally support, is she said, America used to be a place where we made things. Now we make things up. Yeah. The service <laughs> industry. I mean, I, I, like, I, honestly, and I'm not going to pretend like I have, uh, the stats at my fingertip. I am I am going to Google right now. But I mean, the stats on on what was manufactured in the world post World War II up until you know eighty early nineteen eighties or, or probably mid seventies uh, at the latest. I mean, it is staggering. We made we made eighty percent of all cars in the world. We made eighty percent of all televisions in the world. We made eighty percent of all transistors in the world. 80% of all vacuum tubes in the world. It, I mean, it is fucking staggering. Now, we don't even have a percent in any of those categories. Right. Yeah, and that was the Reagan revolution that allowed those companies like RCA and Motorola and, you know, there were I, other manufacturers. I mean, remember, you, I'm Flint, I'm sure you remember Ford. The Airplane Strikers Union, that's what was the tipping point. But I'm sure uh, the pilot union or whatever. Yeah, when Patco, the air traffic controllers, when he just yes. fired yep. fired them all and disbanded it, nobody did yep. fuck all, and it was no, game nobody over. did anything. But Flint, I'm sure you remember Ford Philco televisions. Oh yes. Yeah. You know, like the American Heartland. My, bro- my, my brother everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Or, I, I mean, Clearly, to become a powerhouse again, like, or not a powerhouse, but I mean, just to become uh, viable and and not, I mean, the whole country essentially lives from paycheck to paycheck. I don't mean just us. I mean, like, the whole institution of state, I mean, basically lives paycheck to paycheck. We kick the can down the road. We, you know, this whole, uh, you know, tomfoolery about, you uh, shutting down government because they couldn't agree on a budget. Like, it's madness, man. It is absolute fucking madness. Uh, oh, we, right. we know who it serves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Oh, Auntie, I, you got you got somebody else on the board that wants to come on? COVID, oh, work. COVID. Thank you. Good COVID. looking. It, it's uh, I'm just going. So uh, area code one one one. You are live. Welcome to the show. And if you don't want to hello? talk, that's fine. Hello. Hey, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. How are you? Uh, good. Welcome to Third Rail Radio. We're talking uh, the water crisis in Flint, Michigan. Oh, she knows. Oh, I know. I just <laughs> I called in to say hi because I haven't spoke to Matt in oh gosh, like a year now. Well, you can't like just on talk the phone. to right on the on the internet here. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. I uh what was that Saturday? I was um Pleasantly surprised when I woke up and saw that you had done uh, an interview with the gal there from Infowars. Mm, yeah, it was it was quite the. Um, I was kind of hoping to talk a little bit more about Flint, and I was kind of taken aback a little bit when she was just sort of kind of went the activist direction. But it was, um, um, you know, like that whole time I was like balancing my phone on the bed rails of the boys' bunk bed and just, like, hoping it didn't fall. Of but, your children's um, bunk bed? You did great. You did an interview, but, like, with on your cell phone with, uh, did you say IT? No. That is, that is that. InfoWars. Right. Info cool. InfoWars, yeah. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it, so the, is, are, you, are you truth is verse? Pardon? Or, <laughs> No, well, there was drop, some, I drop I would uh, so what are you, do you live in Flint as well? No, I no, am she, in uh, Ontario. Oh, right. She wrote the story. Um, I was bitching a lot on the computer, and I was saying that yeah. if I yeah. knew how to write worth the shit, I would write my own story. And uh, you know, I have all this information, but I couldn't put it all together. And um, Kelly volunteered to do that. And um, mm-hmm. she did a really great job, and she deserves um, lots of credit, man, because, you know, not a lot of people just volunteer to do things like that. And uh, her story ended up all over the Internet and the Huffington Post and, and uh, circulated far and wide. And that was probably at least a year before before now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Like in February, I think the first article went out, and then... Like what was that April? The end of April, I, I think uh, Leanne um, contacted me in, in April, so I think I had that the lead story out. Yeah, know, Annie Grice and, and Glenn to kind of kind of set the stage there for you. What it what it basically had transpired was I had been talking about, um, you know, different issues here locally about the water and and, and the emergency manager law, and. Kelly, um, a girl had approached her, or me, or, or somebody, and, and said that, you know, hi, I'm a mother and I live in Flint, and I see that you guys are talking about this uh, this, this problem we're having with the water. And she said, um, I can't remember exactly how it went, but she's like, hey, man, my fucking kids, I took video of them, and they're lead poisoned, and I went to the doctor, but the doctor said he won't put anything in writing. And I was like, wow, this sounds far-fetched. I'm like, I don't know if I even believe this. Like, it sounds like somebody after some money. And um, because, 
at that time it had just become aware that there was a problem with the water prior to the lead. And um, so we took her information, and um, I don't know, Kelly, you probably remember how it happened as far as the crown, you know, as far as as it happened, but we basically were the only two people to help her. We, um, Mm -hmm. Kelly wrote her story and contacted Aaron Brockovich, and, and, um, you know, things just kind of snowballed from there. But initially what the reason why I get so take a you know kind of get it gets personal with me sometimes is because like nobody was going to help that mother when when she was uh reaching out to anybody that would listen i mean the police came over without a warrant into her house shook up her boyfriend they tried to the city attorney drew up this uh release for her to sign giving away her kids future rights and i mean it was serious man and she didn't have anywhere to turn and um at that time i was using a larger anonymous account and um you know i was able to get the word out and it really made the difference i think yeah and um and that she got justice man she's the one all over tv and holding up those bottles of water with rust colored water in it and I mean, yeah and but for she, the record i i do know who this is now and i'm a, I'm, I am likewise a huge fan <laughs> It took me a minute there. I'm a little slow. Took you a minute. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, you haven't spoken like for I, a while either. Like the summer. When I when no. I when I argue, especially I just make this last point. When I when I get defenses about, you know, somebody's like, Oh, you wanna take credit or so this person's taking credit and that taking credit, I'm like, I'm not taking credit for shit except for the fact that when nobody would help this mother and the police were raiding her and she said mm-hmm. that this local uh, fang, which is the local undercover police, were following her around. I mean, she was scared. And and uh, Kelly and I helped her, man, and got her justice. And, it, I mean, that's how this started. So, I mean, now we got, Hillary Clinton. We got Hillary Clinton coming to town. I got fucking, I see that uh, Russell Simmons and uh, Jesse Jackson are going to be down at this Huckster megachurch church. In town tomorrow. Yo, and, fuck uh, Russell Simmons. Exactly. And, and, and fuck, all, fuck all of them. Yeah, no, they, they can't Exactly. They, they can't do anything to actually affect change. They're just there to fucking cash in. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. I, I, I asked fucking Reverend Jesse Jackson's guy that's in Detroit. His name's Sam Riddle. I... I I peg him every once in a while just to fuck with him. But uh, he went to prison over this, I mean, over this same water situation. And uh, um, he's, when he got out of prison, he works for um, the National, with not Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton's group. Yeah. Now yeah. I think it's called National yeah. Action Network or something. <clears throat> anyway, he's the Detroit guy. And um, he was trying to pile on uh, to, you know, what I was talking about. I'm like, motherfucker, you're just as dirty as all the rest of them. You went to prison. You got, you know, somebody snitched you out. And the same guy that snitched him out is the guy running the water pipeline. So, I mean, this whole thing Are you is serious? So dirty. Yeah. That's the whole, that, I mean, it's so dirty. Everybody's dirty. And a lot of people have got kicked out of office, but Snyder and this Jeff Wright are going to be the next ones. That's why it's so hard. Like when when you talk to me about well, um, about this sort of thing, it's like who's responsible? Well, they're all crooked as fuck. So yeah, man, the <laughs> like, old boy network had their it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team effort. Yeah, the old yeah, boy network like had their shit ready. To, 
ready to plug the guys here, the Democrats here in town, the Old Boy Network. They had that pipeline on the shelf. They knew that the, our contract, we got water from Detroit for 50 years. The contract ran out in like 2012. Um, so, And it just so happened that the state had control of the city. So you got the, the state, the county, and the city all involved in the water. And um, the guys, the old boy that, now, that's ready to plug that, plug that billion-dollar pipeline in. And Snyder's like, hell yeah, because it'll crash the Detroit system. So fuck yeah, we'll sign on to that. Make them drink from the river. And uh, and we did. And we would have continued to drink from the river if we wouldn't have raised hell and made them stop. Well, I mean, this, now this is the thing about this control from Lansing and you people who live there have nothing to say about it, et cetera, et cetera. This is all about monopolizing the end cost of the replacement water distribution system. These guys, mm-hmm. in my yes. opinion, just got completely carried away with creating a problem that they could fix at great profit. And now they got fucking caught. And they're not, well, just, yeah. they're, they're not just fucking up the water. They're fucking up people. Yeah. Oh, dude. I'm, I mean, I'm the, the levels of toxicity are not are like this. This is. I grew up in D.C. and we had a little bit, you know, a, a, a kind of a a shade of this kind of crisis. But we had. No, no, it was the same. It was the same thing. The same. It guy, was pretty similar. Edward guy is the same guy in Washington. It's the guy in Flint. It's the same guy. Yeah, the the professor. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah, but I, I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, um, I, I mean, it was in. It was when I was I was in my teens. Maybe I don't remember it as being as dire. Um, I certainly don't have lead poisoning. I'm perfectly normal. Thank God. Well, well yeah. I think that's a stress, but you don't have lead poisoning. I've, I've got yeah, a question. I'm worried, I'm worried I about a, other lead, but go ahead. I got a question for for the two of you. Do you think that there's a plan? that they're going to end up making Flint a Superfund site, and that's how they're going to pay for this? It already is. It already yeah? was, and they've already burned through the money. Is that right? Yeah, man. When they split up GM, the, um, all this old property here, um, okay. they, made, they made new GM and Motors Liquidation. Motors Liquidation ate all the bad property. And it was supposed to be remedy or remediation where they dig out the soil and, um, you know, they have to clean the land in order to make it to where they can either sell it again or use it for something. And um, they got all that money, and they never did a fucking thing. And after every rainfall, all that shit washes down from Avenue A right down through the Buick City complex where there's 100 years' worth of toxins and PCBs and um, all kinds of shit, and it leaks right into the river. And they had us drinking that shit. There's still oil nets down there in the river. You can see them on Google Earth. I mean, they do not make a filter fine enough to get all the shit out of a river that has been polluted to the extent. I mean, it's saturated. You're, you, you're, you're better off filtering the water out of the pollution than the pollution out of the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then again, I don't know shit about if you you know what it takes to make water clean. But that um, 
All I know is you have to put it through something similar to a coffee filter, like a million times, and those coffee filters <laughs> are extremely expensive. But that's basically the gist of it. And there's also reverse osmosis cleaning where, uh, you know, where water goes through one semi-permeable membrane to another, and each one has a smaller um, uh, allowance that lets in molecules uh, and I, you know, but let's just call it, just, magic. it just Yeah, magic, but it just doesn't exist. Like the, you just can't. You just can't. I mean, once like the the, the equilibrium of water is is becomes something else uh, due to the shit that they put in it. You can't. You can't. It, it's it's like alchemy to try to take it out of it. Um, you know. It. I mean, this seems like. And, and getting the pipes out of the ground, right? This is a this is a problem. If you can look at that in two ways, right? This is a problem that almost every city in the fucking United States faces right now, with the exception of places that were built like five years ago, like Phoenix, Arizona. Um, well, maybe you even know, thirty or four, maybe even thirty or forty years ago, but not in the early nineteen hundreds. But I mean, yeah. can you imagine New York, like Boston? I mean. Detroit. Detroit has underground fires constantly. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know where that steam comes from when they drive around down there. Yep. <clears throat> There's fires underground constantly. And I mean, let's be clear. The only reason why Boston, you know, doesn't doesn't cities like Boston, New York, on the East Coast don't face uh, problems like this is because there's still commerce being done there. Um, hey, hey, and, hey, 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 no. Come and on, so you, yeah, no worries. Um, so while he while he's letting the dog out, but Kelly, I'm glad. Can you give me for drop a Drop a link. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll, yeah. I'll mute you. To um, that article you wrote that that Flint referenced. Come on. Um. Or I'll find it. Don't worry about it. I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, will, I will find it. Oh God. Well, I mean, I just I just wanted to say about your talking about filtration and yeah. stuff like that. That's all central. I can tell you a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all central. I mean, when your distribution center or when your distribution network for the clean water is full of lead, it's a waste mm-hmm. of time, you know? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, Go ahead, well, Kelly. Well, the the EPA, they understand that the lead isn't going to come from the water treatment plant. It's going to come from the pipe. So they, that's why they allow that certain amount is because yes. they understand that. So um, that's that's why there's a certain allowance. And yep. now as far as filtering is concerned, when I talked to um, Robert Bocock, the water expert that um, Aaron sent, uh he was recommending a carbon filter and the people that the city hired, if I'm not mistaken, they like, I was looking through my phone the other day and going through all these pictures and documents and stuff. And I believe they had recommended basically dumping like ammonia in. And when he read that, he was like, (laughs) he put out a Facebook thing going, are you fucking batshit crazy? Like, no, you, you don't do that. And, um, what, what, what does does ammonia have any sort of neutralizing 
component or characteristic to it? I don't think so. It's they, like, they, they, they put in lime, they put in um, chlorine, which is what happened, and that, that caused the violation, the, the original violation that's, uh, yep. uh, um, for Flint. The chlorine levels were too high? Um, everything that they put in the water is bad for you, period. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it, and it, does, it doesn't matter. But they, they put everything, lime, ammonia, you name it. And then I think what happened was they just kept dumping m- more chemicals in because the water was so bad. Right. Well, they were, I mean, they were probably trying to achieve like a certain pH and then yeah. cover up, like trying to cover up something, you know, bad with something they thought was less bad, but instead was worse. No, this, this this was a game that they played for a couple of years. They would do these treatments at the plants and do their tests right there. They refused yeah. to go out into the field and test at people's taps. And they kept testing at the plants and saying, see, look, improvement, see, look. But it didn't matter by the time you turned your tap on. The other thing that they did was they they would right. they had like I think it was like eight test sites that they would go to and you're looking at the I'm looking at the the test sites and it's like McDonald's and so you're going these are restaurants that are franchised and they have their own fucking filtration system so you know it's not um, to mention their own agenda it's, yeah that's it's, right exactly Flint says right, he's right. back if they're in, in if they're in violation they're being shut down all right coming so. Sorry. Oh my God! All right, sweet, yeah, sweet, sweet. Cool. Oh um, yeah. One, one, one thing I'll say um, that I wanted to say is that I wanted to kind of make a prediction, and I think um, you're gonna see. Um, and I, and I don't, I don't know if this will be 100% true, but I think you're gonna see a huge fucking scandal with credit default swaps with uh, with bonds and the yep. whole. Deal. I was disagreeing that. And I, I've been talking to a guy that uh, works for the uh, for the free press, and um, uh-huh. he kind of came at me out of the blue. So, anyway, um, yeah, I think you're going to see a huge credit default swap mm-hmm. deal, and it's going to take down a lot of people, and it's going to start a huge chain reaction. I think that's on the extreme end. I think that mm-hmm. I think you'll see um, at least one. Uh, debate, maybe two, and every fucking presidential candidate will come through the city now. And uh, um, but but I'm staying focused on getting the pipes out of the ground and changing the emergency manager law. That and then I'm also um, wanted to mention that I have a friend that has a huge warehouse. He's about to lose it for back taxes, um, but he's got it for like six more months. And depending on what they end up doing with Eventually, they're going to have so much water sent into the city, they're not going to have anywhere to put it. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I talked to him about it, and we're going to try to talk to the – he's actually in Burton, which is the town next to Flint. And we're going to talk to their council people and see if we can get a postponement on his taxes. But um, that's, you know, that's not, taxes? Yeah, he's he's got a, a huge property tax bill that's come due. And if he don't pay it, he's going to, he's going to lose it. So. Yeah, um, and so maybe putting water there might be able to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, I, 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 that's just kind of a pipe dream. I had a lot of things in the back of my mind that to help, but I, I know people individually that I've talked to for a long time. One of the one of the ladies um, is a disabled lady here, and her daughter is disabled, and then now her daughter's lead poisoned on top of it. That was the mm-hmm. link I gave you. 
And, um, you know, it's people like that that actually need help. I mean, yeah. those, there, there are so many cases like that, man. I mean, when I go, um, they talk about these food deserts around here. That's a bunch of bullshit. You can get anywhere in Flint in 10 minutes if you got a car from one side to the other. You can go to Davis and to Grand Blank in 10 minutes. I mean, it's, so there's food a desert would be like where your only options are like 7-Eleven and like McDonald's. Yeah, well, well the, the big franchise grocery stores moved out of the inner city because there's no population left. Right. Um, they, so you've got corner, corner stores and... Yeah, there's a liquor store. There's liquor stores and mega ministries everywhere in Flint. Those are and now medical marijuana dispensaries and hydroponic stores. That's the only thing that's all, going. All the necessities, right? Like. Yeah, that's it. Those those things and that's it. I will I, I I won't say it live on air, but I will tell you that that Flint is a man of principles. Well, because that that that. The price of marijuana in Flint, Michigan, is very alluring. I like I get like visions of the uh, Kramer uh, Newman uh, run with the cans, the recyclable cans, from New York to Michigan for the extra five cents. Like that, you know, that is sick. I love that. But so fu- future-wise, for not not just Flint. Well, hold on. Let me back up. We don't have a lot of time, but in 2007, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, there seemed to be like some sort of resurgence like going on in Flint and and Detroit. Like, um, you know, there, there were there, maybe it was hipsters moving in. I don't know, uh, but gentrification happening, or, or there seemed to be some life like, you know, billowing back into the flames of those two cities, and then and then all of a sudden it just like vacuumed, like it was gone. Um, it's because the the subprime broke man that's why okay right so that's that's part of it but a lot of it too though and and this old timer told me this a long time ago he was like eventually they'll come back down into the city because they're priced out of the suburbs and when you know people that are my age that have kids that are like 20 21 now they want to live um in one of those hip lofts that has like a steakhouse at the bottom and uh you know a gym in it they they want to live in the city um they want to be down in the action so that's really what's driving that and that's only true in downtown detroit everywhere else in the state it's bullshit okay but uh, detroit detroit will come back but it's timing it doesn't really have anything to do with politics it's It's also a vast city like you know geographically uh landmass it's huge yeah, but I mean, it's, that much city. but they got, they put three casinos and they built, um, they brought the stadiums back into downtown. All that shit used to be downtown. And then they built up in the suburbs and they put the Palace of Auburn Hills, yep. uh, you know, 40 miles away from downtown where the yep. Pistons play. And so the Lions and the Pistons play back in downtown Detroit now? Yes, not the Pistons. Oh, that's so. huge. The, wow. the Pistons don't. They have Ford Field, and they got they put the uh, Tiger Stadium right downtown, and it's right behind it is Ford Field. Yep. And then they have three casinos that are kind of spread out in weird areas, with one being right downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there's a nightlife, and and the retails come back, and there's a lot of positive things down there, but it has more to do with the age of the population and and the price. You know the price of dirt. 
well, several years ago, I remember hearing on NPR, uh, you know, uh, it was kind of their uh, illustration of the Detroit comeback. And it was like, you know, like uh, some opera house that it reopened. And I'm not, I'm not negating the, the uh, role that culture and the arts and, and, and all that stuff has to do with uh, sort of revitalizing a community. But it's certainly not like ground zero and where you start. Um, so that kind of seems indicative of, of what you're saying about Detroit, where the rest, uh, the besides the hip loft areas with the steakhouse and everything, everything else is kind of withering. Yeah, what it is is the the philosophy is is one that um, that was pushed basically in the New York Times by this guy here from Flint named Dan Kilby that that created the land bank. And it's, it started as a, a county. He was the, the, the treasurer here, and uh, now he's a congressman. But it's his land bank that's being applied everywhere. And I know you're running short on time. The the uh, concept is shrinking the city, making all the people that ran out to the suburbs come back to the city center. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> like in Flint, they anybody that's living outside of the downtown area farther than a certain amount. They want to annex it all off. And they use all that happy talk about urban gardens and sustainability and all that other bullshit. You made fun of me about that today. It's it's bullshit. It sounds good and it might work in other places. I'm sorry? You can only eat so much kale and baby beets. Yeah, like, you know, I I get what they were saying, but, I mean, you're not going to... It's just, it's not... Not. You need Urban to get gardening is great, and being, you need to get people who know how to work twelve-hour fucking days in a fucking factory. The thing they got to do is, is they got to dig the pipes out of the ground, put new pipes mm-hmm. in, and that in itself will make the property value go, or at least stabilize. It won't go any lower. Yep. And there's no going back to the glory days. That people aren't going to come back to this city. It's dead. It's a, it's going to be a lot smaller, and um, you know the uh, as as far as the water is its own issue. Nothing's going to ever change in the city until they stop the drug war, because all these kids, man, if you can, you know, you know how you know what goes on. If you can go out and make a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks and take some risks, um, that's the trade. You know, the culture. It's all about, you know, selling dope, selling the government's dope around yep. here. And not very many people make it through. Yeah, I was lucky, um, you know, but it's just uh, they, there's so many problems in, in the society. That the breakdown of the society is all goes back to the drug war. Well, yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't need education. You need balls. That's it. And yeah. it's high risk, high reward. And from the 80s on... You gotta have the bling, man. That's where it's at. So I mean, you if, know, if they, if they, if General Motors said tomorrow that they're gonna um, build a factory on the Buick City land and they're gonna start making uh, V8s and cars with big chrome bumpers, um, and they wanted to hire thirty thousand people, they couldn't, they couldn't even field them in this town because of their drug tests and their background checks and the <laughs> credit checks and the. This but, this, and but this is a this is a nationwide problem. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. This this whole idea that you're going to go to college and get your training, well, that's all great, but uh, 
you know, it's all it's all bullshit. Yeah, so you pay fucking your student loan late, you know, three out of twelve. Yeah, and you could never you, you could never get rid of that student debt, not even yeah. a bankruptcy. That's right. It's just a new way to create debt slavery. It's just now yeah. advertised as a well, higher class. There's going to be a big. I think there has to be a big crash um, in terms oh, yeah. of. You know, when you've got a company like Uber and BlackRock, well, I guess BlackRock's their parent company, but when a company like Uber is worth more than General Motors and they don't own a single vehicle or or have, you know, they don't have any employees at all, it's all subcontractors, I mean, come on. And that's worth $400 a share and GM's worth 20 I mean, that can't, how long can that go on? Well, until they find a different way to package the same lie. I mean, they did it with real estate. They did it with tech stocks. Now they're doing it with shit like Uber. And, I mean, you know, in Canada, the city I live in is the first city to pass any sort of municipal bylaw that legalizes Uber. And the taxi industry is pretty much getting out the baseball bats. You're right, and, exactly. Uh, and I understand why. Now, the thing that people don't understand about scams like Uber is, oh, yeah, you just call them and they show up and it's cheap and it's no bullshit. Well, on New Year's Eve here, there were some people who were tired of waiting for a cab, so they phoned Uber, just some fucking driver, nobody to trace, nobody nothing. It's all through your smartphone. They paid what's called surge pricing. Yep. And these people took, like, regularly a $40 cab ride on New Year's Eve, and when the guy got the bill, it was $1,065. Wow. And he couldn't <laughs> fight it because they don't answer. Well, he made such a... They lowered it to something like 600 Woo. Well, I, I, I'm both dubious and, and, and officially we are in overtime. Uh, so nobody will be joining us. We are... Uh, well, we are being uh, recorded by Blog Talk Radio. But well, it, it's all good, man. That's probably a good point for us to wrap it up. I could uh, fucking yammer on all night. I know, and we should sometime over a beverage um, because I could probably talk to you all night. Uh, and, and now that we're in overtime and off the live area, I, I mean, I do want to salute you for uh, A, getting fucking robbed and Sticking with with your with your city, uh, you definitely could have fled. And B, um, I just I just think you do a great job of covering stuff that's that's very local, um, and people have a oh, hard thanks. time staying staying that focused. You know, I'm all. I local. appreciate that. I've got a stake in it, man. I'm from here. You know, it's 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 uh, you know, hometown pride, probably foolish pride, but um, you know, I'm here. This is where I live. Um, I made my block livable. People here are nice. Um, you know, things are good. So, right on. Um, I'm happy. That's a great and statement. I, you made your block livable. Work. How's yeah, Lucky? Uh, oh, he's good. I'm sitting right here putting him, man. He won't. Uh, he wants to know why the fuck I'm on the phone at three in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But anyway, All right, well, we'll, we'll, well, thanks, we're gonna guys, let thanks, Kelly, for calling in and Glenn for doing it. I appreciate it. No problem. Absolutely, man. and it's on I'm the just record. I'm really so glad I got uh, to talk to you. 
right Sorry, now. Sorry, Kelly. Yeah, Sorry, definitely. No, go ahead. And anytime you want me to fire up an impromptu show because you got the night off from the bus, just hit me up. I'll 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 fire it up. We'll talk about uh, talk about what what the fuck is going on in Flint, the Midwest. I'm moving to Madison, Wisconsin in July. Uh, All right. From uh, from from Burlington, Vermont, kind of moving from like point A to point A. It's very similar, but uh, so I'll be a little closer. Um, but much respect to you, man, and thanks for coming on. And uh, sincerely, anytime you have an issue, fucking give a shout. We'll throw it on the radio. Sounds good, guys. Well, I'll wrap it up there. Uh, nice to talk to you, Kelly. Nice to talk to you. Kelly, you Glenn, Bye. thank you guys for calling in. That was, thank a, you. That was a little show. No problem. It was. Thank you. See you on the twatters. All righty. <laughs> Good night. Peace. Good night, boys. Love you guys. Peace. Love you too.